Greetings and welcome to the Hope Recovery Podcast, hosted by Greg Schmalhofer. The Hope Recovery Podcast is published every Monday to help you be successful in recovery and to grow in your faith as well. Hello and welcome to the Hope Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schmalhofer, and thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of the Hope Recovery Podcast. And yes, we are coming to you from our home studio right here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If I may, let me just briefly remind you that the Hope Recovery Podcast does have a website as well. So for more faith-based recovery resources, please feel free to go to the website at www.hoperecovery.us. Also, I would love to hear from you, so if you would like to send me any feedback or questions or suggestions on the podcast, I would love to to hear from you, and you can email me at hoperecoveryus at gmail.com. And before we get started with the interview portion of the podcast, let me just take a moment to encourage you in your recovery. The holiday season can be a difficult time for many, and especially those in early recovery. Many who are separated from family or who are not where they want to be in their recovery or even in their life in many different ways. But wherever you are at in recovery, I encourage you to continue on and even during this holiday season to do whatever is necessary to be successful in recovery. Continue to surround yourself with people that share your desire to be clean and sober and that share your love for God as well. Recovery is not easy, but it is possible with God in your life. During this holiday season, consider that the message of Christmas is actually true, and that the Christmas message presents true hope through the Lord Jesus Christ. Cling to the message of hope this Christmas, and your future can be very different from your past. And this Christmas can be perhaps your best Christmas yet and the start of a brand new life as well. So that brings us to the interview portion of the podcast. And today, I am so happy to welcome Chris D. to the Hope Recovery Podcast. And Chris is joining me over the phone from Florida. Chris, welcome and thank you so much for being willing to join me today. Hey, thank you. It's good to, good to talk to you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, well, this is this is a thrill, Chris. So thank you very much for arranging your schedule and, and uh, being able to join me and to join us today. So let me ask you this, Chris. You spent some time here in Lancaster during your recovery and uh, in part attending the faith-based recovery meeting called Discovery Recovery. And if my recollection is correct. You you left Lancaster then in 2020 or 2021, somewhere in there. And can you share a little bit uh, what happened from, you know, that, that caused you, I guess, uh, to leave Lancaster, and then sort of what has happened in your life uh, from that time on to today? And how has that impacted your, your recovery with that move? And and going to Florida. Can you talk a little bit about your time, I guess, from from 2020 on? Of course. Uh, I um, 
did the number one thing I shouldn't have done. And I started putting other things before God, mm-hmm. which was a big mistake, relationships, job, money. And I ended up relapsing pretty bad. So I came to uh, Florida for, for rehab and, okay. and found, started renewing my relationship with, with God. And, and it's so peaceful down here. And I was away from the things that were getting me caught up up there. And, mm-hmm. But I decided to stay here and go to a religious uh, faith-based program, which is amazing. And you said that you are in a, a Christian um, f- facility now or house? Yeah, I was at uh, JC's Recovery Community. Okay. And I'm at Journey of Hope now. Okay. Um, which are both, you know, we're in a house and we go to work. And, you know, we're able to go to our meetings of our, our own choosing and we go to church. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can can do this without. A lot of people say they do this without God. I can't imagine doing it without God. I, I couldn't yeah. go one day without it. Yeah, I couldn't stay sober for one second without him. So. Yeah. And so, Chris, you just said that you can't imagine doing this without God. Can you just uh, expand on that a little bit? And and some of your feelings when that make you say that? Well, when I when I surrender to Him, it's you know, I mean, it's it's just easy. It's it's me knowing that I can't listen to my flesh anymore, and I have mm-hmm. to listen to the spirit. Mm-hmm. I can't live in my flesh anymore. I have to the things that I want to do and I crave to do. I know it's coming from things of this world, mm-hmm. which we know who runs this world, the Prince of Air. And when I elevate myself above that, I'm able to not. Drink. So when you so you were affiliated with or or at the JC House. Is that right for a period of time? Yes, it was amazing. Stevie Boyarski is the owner, and he was my sponsor. Okay. But he is my sponsor, and he really takes this serious. He really is mm-hmm. all about Jesus and recovery, and that's what I needed. You know, I think part of what you described, Chris, is, is an example of how difficult it is to be successful in recovery. It is just not easy. And so let me ask you this, Chris. Can you, can you describe a little bit for, for our listeners from your personal experience just how difficult it is to be successful in recovery? It's extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is—the enemy knows when you're trying to succeed. Mm-hmm. That's based on the strong attack, you know, mm-hmm. so— you you have to pray for that Holy Spirit on me. You have to pray for for His guidance. Mm-hmm. And the minute you can't like it's it's like you can't let up for a second. Yeah. So it's extremely difficult, but doable and enjoyable also. Um, and, and I have found Chris that one of the key aspects of being successful in recovery, uh, and really in life, but in particular in recovery, is to surround yourself with like-minded people that share your desire to be clean and sober and share your love for God. And it sounds like that's what you're you're doing here. Can you talk a little bit about that? Do you see that also as being one of the the big factors, uh, keys to being successful in recovery, is surrounding yourself with like-minded people? I 100% agree with that. Birds of a feather flock together. I, I always believe that. Mm-hmm. And I can't be out with people I work with at bars and Mm-hmm. Or be over here with them. I have to surround myself with sober people so I I can maintain the mentality yeah. that my objective is to be sober. 
So, Chris, you had shared before when you were here in Lancaster uh, to the Discovery Recovery Group, and part, I think, of what you said was that I believe it was in 2019 there were some pretty dramatic events in your life that perhaps were instrumental in you eventually coming to Lancaster. And I believe uh, one of the events was... um, was your mom having a heart attack? Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, before I moved to Lancaster, within an eight to ten month span, mm-hmm. um, I lost my mom. I gave her breakfast at the table and turned around, and she had a heart attack and passed in front of me. A month and a half later, my brother passed. Mm-hmm. Both of my dogs died, and then my grandma's Alzheimer got really bad, and then she ended up passing a few months later. So. It was like a combination of a bunch of things. Yeah. So a month and a half after your mother passed away, your brother passed away. Correct. And and so that led you then to, that led you into drinking more, Chris? Or, you know, what happened at that point? And uh, I I believe someone intervened then in your life? Correct. I, I had always been a horrible alcoholic, but when every death that I just explained mm-hmm. turned the notch up on my drinking, mm-hmm. for which it was just out of control, which I was on the brink of being homeless and losing, like not knowing where I was going to go. And at the last minute, my best friend called mm-hmm. he was in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he said, you're too smart. I'm not going to let you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. I bought you a plane ticket. Get up here. Well, I think God was definitely working through him on that. And uh, I came up there and went to, um, was the house manager there in Lancaster. And I just loved it and was sober for a year. When I got to Pennsylvania, my best friend Ricky mm-hmm. saw how my drinking was. He put me into a, a rehab, and that's when I reached out to Ivan. And, and so the I, I know you made a lot of dear friends here in, in Pennsylvania. I believe, you know, Ivan, I think, was instrumental, and I believe uh, Rich was also instrumental as far as your being your mentor. Rich was amazing. He was he was there for me every step of the way. Yeah. We had breakfast every day, talk about the Bible and recovery, and it's definitely a blessing. So uh, those times that you describe with, with all of the loss of family, I mean, that would be— Absolutely, that would be obviously difficult for anyone to go through, and for your for your friend to reach out to you, and to really give you that guidance to come to Lancaster, even though perhaps you could never see yourself coming to a place like Lancaster, for him to intervene in your life uh, probably was you know just him being obedient to God's direction to get you to a safe place where you could. Uh, connect with godly people to get help and to to reconnect again with God. Definitely. I definitely think I was working through him. I lost again, lost my re- I think the relationship is the thing that a lot of people probably don't realize. I mean, you can have perfect attendance at church, but you mm-hmm. have to have yeah. a relationship with them also. Yeah. And that's what every time I've relapsed, that's that's been the problem. Yeah, that's why uh, faith-based recovery is just so so important and makes uh, such a difference. That because you you need God in your life, 
And I've always found it uh, just fascinating, Chris, the the fellowships, the two main recovery fellowships of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, both of their fellowships and their books both stress the importance of finding God and having a spiritual experience with God. And I think that's such a core principle uh, because it's absolutely true, and not only for folks in recovery, but for, for, for life, for people in general, to have a, a full and abundant life, you need to have God in your life. And it's, it's so neat that these fellowships, even though they're secular, that they point people to God. I, I can't do without them for one second. I mean, I think these are the, one of the most important programs out there. I hear a lot of people say that. Like, I, I, <laughs> it's funny. It, I was in a meeting and I saw a guy walking out of a meeting saying there was too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's too Jesus, too much Jesus. And I was like, what does that mean? Too much. I, in my head, I'm going, what does that mean? Too much forgiveness, too mm-hmm. much love, too much grace. What do you, yeah. how, and how can he ever be too much? Yeah. And yeah. And their presence or their, their emphasis on God and spirituality, but having a spiritual experience with God is just, it is backed with millions and millions of people being successful in recovery because of that principle of finding God and having a spiritual experience with God. And so, yeah, they, over decades of time and millions and millions of people being successful with the 12 steps of recovery are just evidence that faith and God make the difference. Amen. Well, so Chris, let me ask you this. What role... Do you attend AA or NA meetings now? Oh, yes, sir, I do. Yeah. Um, We have a recovery down here that I go to. I go to church, Mm -hmm. and then we go to a meeting on Friday night. Okay. My favorite one's, of course, the church, and we're the Discover Recovery. Mm -hmm. The same as in Pennsylvania. I love the meeting that, that, that was in Pennsylvania. It was amazing, too. Yeah, and the Discover Recovery I still attend, and uh, it is... For me, it's just a, a great way to to just uh, be reminded that we all need God, and we all need that close walk with the Lord for because life shows up for for everyone. And even though we are walking with the Lord, that doesn't mean life is going to be perfect. Things are going to still happen. Yes. But with God in our life, He will help us through any and every situation. And with God in our life, we can be used of God so that we can still honor God. And even in those terrible situations, God can use us through those situations to to help others and to help others that perhaps we would not otherwise help. Amen. So, um, Chris, I'm going to going to read a quote that I was thinking of as I was preparing for our time together, and it's a quote from Alcoholics Anonymous, page 192. And after I read this, just just give me your response and some of your thoughts on this AA reading. Okay. So the reading from page 192 goes like this: I still go to meetings because I like to go. I meet the people that I like to talk to. Another reason that I go is that I'm still grateful for the good years that I've had. 
I'm so grateful for the program and the people in it that I still want to go. And then probably the most wonderful thing that I've learned from the program. I've seen this in the AA grapevine a lot of times, and I've had people say it to me personally, and I've heard people get up in meetings and say it, is this statement, I came into AA solely for the purpose of sobriety, but it has been through AA that I have found God. I feel that is about the most wonderful thing that a person can do. What, Chris, are your thoughts as you listen to that quote? My thoughts are definitely definitely on point with that. I can't, mm-hmm. I couldn't stay, I couldn't imagine myself even being sober for one day until I turned my life over to God. I think he does amazing things when we surrender and we open our ears and stop striving after the things our flesh wants. We start learning his word and striving at things he wants and he blesses us every day. It wasn't until I got sober that I found out I had a daughter that was mm-hmm. 20. Mm-hmm. You know, I just out of the blue was sober and God was like, you've been obedient, my son. Oh yeah, you got a daughter. It's like, I never even knew I had a daughter and I mm-hmm. and I know me when I was drinking and it was the perfect time. And it was one of my favorite times of sobriety was meeting my daughter. Now we talk every day and we send each other gifts and mm-hmm. just a blessing all around. Amen. Well, that certainly would be, would be a blessing and a blessing that God revealed to you at just the right time to, to not only encourage yourself, but then to nurture that relationship with your daughter so that you could be the godly father that you, you want to be. Amen. Yeah, and from this, um, from this reading, this quote from the AA book, it seems like God uses the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous to, to help people first be successful in recovery, that they go to the, the fellowships and the book just wanting to be sober and to be clean, and yet they find out that that is, it points them to God. And then they find that they are so grateful that they went to AA for sobriety, but it was through AA that they found God, and that that is just such a wonderful thing. And so I think God is using uh, even these fellowships that are in essence secular, but he's using them to still reveal himself to people, which is such a great, great thing. It is. And you can tell the big book is pretty much inspired by the Bible. I mean, there's so yeah. much yeah. so much good stuff in the, in yeah. the book that you can tell that's in the good book. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And... And God used the the writers of and the contributors to the these the big book and the uh, NA book as well. Uh, he's used he used them to to point people to to the loving God of the Bible. Um, Chris, let me. There's an there's another quote. Well, it's a passage from the Gospel of John, chapter fourteen, verses five and six, and it talks about Jesus being the way. And let me read this uh, passage to you and then have you share some thoughts on the different pathways for recovery and perhaps what this passage says to you about Jesus being the way. So John chapter 14, verses 5 and 6, and it goes like this. Thomas said to him, 
Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there are many, a lot of times people say there are different pathways, and there are different pathways, I think, to, to at least get started in recovery. But what does, this, what does this quote, what does this make you think of, this passage, Chris? Well, it makes, it makes me think that he is the way, and when we start to follow him, we'll start living clean. There's a lot of references in clean in the Bible, and mm-hmm. that goes hand in hand with sober, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. when I was using, I was definitely not living a clean life. And when we start to ingest his word and live, it's not just by reading it. We have to, he said he is the living word, so we just can't read it. We have to live it. When we start living his way, we start seeing the light, and we start realizing that using and all the things that comes with that is not the way. Amen. Yeah, this uh, this passage clearly says to me that Jesus is He is the way, the truth, and the life. And in many ways, I think this is sort of Jesus telling us that He is the true higher power, that He is the way, and for for peace and and a, a full and abundant life. We need to bring God into our life. We need to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. And while there are multiple pathways, you know, whatever someone needs to do to, to save their life and to, to get started in recovery, absolutely do that. But I think ultimately uh, for those in recovery and for everyone to consider to, consider to bring God into your life is how we can have a full and abundant life, and we can have a restored relationship with God. And it is only with a restored relationship with God that we can then really have restored relationships with others and with our loved ones as well. Amen. Restored is a good word. I love to use that because I have, my relationships with my family were in pieces. Like, mm-hmm. horrible. He restored all my relationship with my family and my friends, and like I said, I put a daughter on top of that. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely restored. And can you talk about perhaps um, one of those examples of a restored relationship with one of your family members? My sisters were, I mean, we're, it's just me and my sisters now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of my family passed. Okay. The last relapse was awful. I didn't think we'd ever get back because it was at my dad's funeral mm. couldn't handle it so i was just in in Rex and, and every day i prayed and prayed to restore that relationship now we're we're closer than we ever were um they drove down here from memphis to see me get my one-year chip mm. in mm-hmm. they were so proud and they were so in awe about what he's done with my life and they're 100 they're like my two biggest cheerleaders now yeah, and your your whole story, Chris, which really is fascinating. I remember from before you talked about being in and out of jail, being a member of a gang for a period of time, and yet you also had a scholarship to the University of Alabama, and right. you had a lot of a lot of really um, exciting, thrilling high points in your life, and yet also 
a lot of struggle and tragedy with the loss of you know several family members and so it's it is it is not easy to be successful in recovery and i think you know your story uh speaks to that but i i think it's just also very a great message chris that you continue to reach out continue to seek god and continue to do whatever is necessary to be successful in recovery because it's not easy but as long as you continue to to reach out and continue to try to do whatever is necessary you know then god will god will respond and god will help you amen yeah I'm, you brought that up about my life and all the horrible I'm, horrible things that happened i look back and i see his presence in my life even when i was a kid i've almost almost drowned three times and died and even before the games and the drug dealing mm -hmm. and not to mention all that violence and things I have to go through to get to this point. Mm -hmm. I see his hand lifting me up all throughout my life, all throughout. So Chris, let me ask you this. Is there a particular event that you look to or that you can remember that, that you see the hand of God helping you in a, in a dramatic way to save your life or in recovery can you think of a particular event that you just see, well, this had to be God? I can see it all throughout my recovery, but I, the last relapse was bad that mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time when I went to detox. Mm -hmm. I didn't find myself selfishly praying. Everything I said was, let his will be done. Put mm -hmm. me where, you know, do whatever, you know. It was nothing about what I wanted. And I ended up here which is out of, out of this world, exactly what I needed. Mm -hmm. It's beyond what I could even have prayed for. It's, I'm right down the street from my job. The gym's right here. I have my meetings right here. I have a nice close relationship with God now. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's what comes in mind because it was the most recent, you know, how, how, how when I take myself out of it, he blesses me almost tenfold. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. I, I'm just like, do what you want to do. <laughs> So, Chris, thank you for sharing that. And as you said that, and as you reflect on on that, Chris, for yourself, what uh, what what guidance would you have to share with someone else that may be listening right now that is that is really in the midst of of struggling in their recovery, and they're not sure that they can do it, and you know they're not in a good place. What would you what would you say to that person, Chris? I would tell them that they could do it. Mm. That it's it's not even them telling themselves that they can't do it. It's the enemy telling them. Because that's how he works. He wants you to give up. He wants you to not try. He wants you to be in depression. And he works like that. Yeah. You can do this, and God still believes you can do it. Amen. So, Chris, from some of our dialogue getting ready for, for this interview, I believe you mentioned that you have a fiance. I do. I have a beautiful, that's another, that's a big God moment right there. Amen. I think married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but she's amazing. She's spiritual. She's, she's like my other half already. She's always, she's already in the spirit of life. Oh, good. She's already. Well, congratulations on your, your, your fiance and your plans for getting married. And just of course, pray that, that is all in God's timing, and that you and your fiance are 
seeking God's direction in, in that, and just another, another blessing of God. Well, Chris, um, as we come to the, the close of our, of our time together, let me ask you this. Are there, are there any, um, just close, any comments you would just like to share to, to any of our podcast listeners? Is there anything you'd like to say? Um, I'd like to say God bless for listening and taking the time to hear my story. And I miss all the people there. Mm-hmm. I had an amazing time. <laughs> like I was saying, I celebrate recovery with you and everyone. Mm-hmm. I hope your wife is well. Yeah. Everyone up there as well. Yeah. Well, I will be sure and pass along your greetings and make sure everyone knows that, uh, that you participated in an interview for the Hope Recovery Podcast. I'm sure they'll be eager to to listen to to what you have to say and to catch up with you. So um, let me then just, in closing, Chris, say this to, to all of our listeners. Wherever you are at in recovery, or whatever life circumstance you might be facing, if you're facing jail time or loss of loved ones or perhaps another rehab facility or court hearings, whatever you're facing— there is always hope with God. This, uh, this Christmas, consider that the message of Christmas is really true. Embrace the Christmas message of hope and bring God into your life. With God in your life, you can be successful in recovery, and you can have a full and abundant life, and you can have a brand new life, just as Chris has described. So, Chris, thank you very much for your kindness and your generosity in joining me today on the Hope Recovery Podcast. Thank you very much, Chris. Well, you're welcome. It's been my pleasure. So to all of our listeners, thank you very much for joining us today. And remember, there is always hope with God. Take care, and God bless you all.